I'm Shanna Hutchison, dietitian, blogger, and mama, born and raised in the heart of the Midwest. I believe that wellness goes way beyond what we eat and that our body size does not determine our worth. I am passionate about showing other women how to live a life they truly love, one that feels purposeful, that helps them feel their best physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that being a mom can be one of the best things you ever do without it becoming your entire identity. This is a place you can come to hear vulnerable and interesting conversations about health and wellness, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and more. If you want to find freedom with food, learn how to improve your overall well-being, and stop waiting for a number on the scale to start living your best life and go after your goals, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to learn and grow together. This is the Wellness for the Win podcast. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a great week so far. I am excited to share this episode with you today. It's a really good conversation. I sat down with my friend Amy Reinecke to dive into all things body image, developing a healthy relationship with food in your body, even when it's hard (laughs) and when your body isn't necessarily exactly where you want it to be or doesn't really just feel its best. So Amy walks us through her very vulnerable journey of starting to diet when she was just in the fourth grade and how that has impacted her throughout her life and her wellness journey and also some of the health challenges she's facing today and how she's navigating them from a place of self-compassion instead of self-hate thanks to the work she has done over these past several years and walking away from dieting. So Amy and I are very aligned on the fact that we fully believe that it's possible to walk away from dieting and diet culture while still having a strong desire to truly care for your body through nutrition and so many other healthy behaviors. But we both believe it's really important to shift your why behind making those changes. I think this conversation and Amy's perspective and experience will resonate with so many of you. If you're in a place where you're struggling with food or body image, or maybe you're on the cusp of wanting to make some changes to your mindset or your lifestyle or all of the above, please listen to this full conversation. I am so confident that you'll get something out of it, especially toward the end if you're a mama and we talk about how all of this can impact our kids and generations to come as well. So I really hope you enjoy this one. Please help me welcome Amy as she kicks us off by walking through her story. Thanks for having me, Shanna. I'm really excited to chat with you. We always have a good time talking. And so <laughs> I know this will be no different. My name is Amy Reinecke, and I kind of have a complicated story. Before we hit record, I told Shanna, my story feels kind of long and complicated. So are you sure you want me to share the whole <laughs> thing? So I will kind of give you a Cliff Notes version of where I've come from and um, kind of the journey that I've been on. So I would say that my issues with like body image and stuff started as um, as young as fourth grade, actually. And in fourth grade, that's when I really started to um, pay attention to my body a little bit more and feel like I didn't look like the girls that I was friends with. Now, looking back at those pictures, I did. I was just developing at a different um, at a different rate, and I was bigger boned than a lot of my friends. But there was nothing, quote unquote, wrong. Um, even if you are bigger, there's nothing wrong, but, um, I definitely thought that something was wrong with me in the way that I looked at that age. So my, um, I'm going to call it dysmorphia. Cause I definitely feel, feel like I've struggled with that, um, throughout my life. I'm 40 now. And so I've had, um, body image issues off and on for 30 years, which, um, saying that out loud is kind of, um, sad, but, um, that's why this has been a journey. And, um, so that started like in fourth grade and, um, I actually went on my first diet in fourth grade. I went on Weight Watchers. That was something that back then, I think a lot of parents 
um, with children who um, either they felt were a little overweight or their bodies weren't, um, maybe didn't look the way that they thought that they should. That was like an accepted thing. It was not a weird thing for me to be walked into a Weight Watcher meeting um, at all, actually. I can remember like a journal that they had and mm. there was different boxes that I had to check because I was a child. Mm. Like for some reason, I think I had to have more like calcium or whatever. Um, yeah. And so um, I can remember I had different things like that. So it wasn't an uncommon thing, obviously, that a child, because um, you are a child at that age of 10 or 11, being walked into a weight loss center um, cause that's what it is, is a weight loss program. And, uh, that really did start me down a path of feeling like my body was wrong and something was not right and that it could be changed. And not only that it could be changed, but that it needed and should be changed. Mm-hmm. And so that put that idea in my head at a really young age that, um, I needed to be fixed. And, I've gone through a lot of periods over the years of feeling anger and frustration that um I that my mom did that but now looking back you know I have three kids of my own and I I think that she did what she thought was the best thing to do at that time with the mm-hmm. with the information that she knew. Yeah. Um my mom was a chronic dieter, you know, on on lots of different diets and back then I don't think that people really understood the um, impact that that could have on those watching and those Mm -hmm. looking constantly, you know, seeing somebody on a diet. So um, my dieting started in fourth grade and I did not leave diet culture until 2018. And it kind of, uh, in high school, I can remember I went on on and off Weight Watchers multiple times. I did Herbalife, pretty sure I did Nutrisystem. You know, I would do different things like that. I've, I've done a gamut of different things. And then when I went to college, I would actually, um, I lived about an hour away from home and I would actually drive back every Monday and go weigh in at Weight mm-hmm. Watchers from college. So what would happen is I would um, go after class on Monday. I would do a weigh-in that night. I'd go to dinner with my family and eat um, a lot. And then I would generally binge the whole way home. And this Mm. is after usually pretty severe restriction on Sundays and little to nothing on Mondays, including little to no water. Mm. And so I was truly like living for the weigh-in. I was a college student. I'd go out Thursday and Friday night. I'd play it a little safer on Saturdays. And then um, it was just that cycle repeatedly. And um, I did that for, I was gone for three and a half years and did an internship my last semester. And so um, I had that complicated relationship for a long time. And um, I would always, you know, gain weight during the year, come back in the summer and get it off. I had just, I was just following in those footsteps of being a chronic dieter, yo-yo dieting. like my weight was never something that was just maintained. It was always something I was hyper-focused on. I was always hyper-focused on my body image. I was also, um, I don't talk a lot about this and um, don't want to a lot, but I was in a really abusive relationship all throughout college. Mm -hmm. Um, He was verbally abusive and um, that was not helping the situation at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when somebody makes you feel like you're less than, then you believe that you are. And so I definitely did not have um, a healthy relationship pouring into me to remind me of the person that I was. Instead, I was being told a lot of, you know, um, there was there was just a lot of mean comments about my body um, often. And so mm-hmm. I think that really played a role at a very pivotal time in my life. 
And, um, it was unhealthy on both sides and, um, just was not a good place. And that was challenging to kind of come out of after college, but it wasn't until after college and after meeting my husband, actually, that I had realized, um, cause once again, I'd gained weight and then lost it. And, um, sometimes that, that weight loss was drastic. You know, it could be 40, 40 ish pounds, 50 ish pounds. And so that weight loss could be kind of drastic. And I'll never forget. I was working out at the gym and, um, we'd been married three years at that time. And, um, I was next to a lady on the elliptical and she, started telling me, um, she was going to school and getting her master's and she was having to do something on eating disorders. And she started talking about binge eating disorder. And I had joked that I was a bulimic who didn't purge in in the natural sense, um, the way Mm -hmm. that a typical bulimic would, and, um, never knowing that that was actually considered binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And so when she said that to me, I mean, we were on ellipticals next to each other. I'll never forget the moment it's burned into my memory. Um, I just felt like I like literally all the air came out of my lungs and was like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. She just told me exactly what I have. Like it was Mm -hmm. a terrifying moment that this is something more serious than I thought. Yeah. Cause I did a lot of the typical things I was hiding food, Um, I would hide it in the trash. I would make sure that nobody could see me eating all those kinds of things. Very, very shameful around food. Food was a very shameful thing. Food was um, my best friend a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And, but food was also my worst enemy. A lot of times it did not just serve that nourishing, you know, role that it, that it is. It it was very much like something I would do to punish myself or comfort myself. Mm -hmm. And so I walked in the door after that encounter with her and um, looked at my husband. He was sitting on the couch and I said, I think I have a problem. And, you know, he had been with me then at that point for about four years and could see, you know, I would literally be like, don't let me eat this, hide food from me. Like Mm -hmm. he played the whole game. And um, so I started therapy for binge eating disorder shortly thereafter. And that was honestly the most difficult year of my entire life. Yeah. I went to therapy and, um, they put me on three different drugs actually. And, um, I was incredibly depressed. Mm. I was finally facing a lot of trauma that I'd been through and a lot of, um, heartache that I'd experienced and a lot of things that I'd buried down for many, many years that had, you know, metastasized into this issue with my body. Mm. And, um, So in that year of me trying to heal from binge eating disorder, um, I gained a hundred pounds in one year Hmm. and that was a really scary time because here I was trying to make peace with my body. Yet I felt like my body once again was doing something that like, I just was not prepared for and I didn't know how to deal with. And, um, that was like back in 2009 and really honestly, since 2009, um, that, that period really did shift things. I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism after that, mm. after that. Um, and I, I do attribute it to, uh, the weight that was gained in such a quick amount of time. I do mm. think that, um, and I could place a lot of blame and guilt there, but, um, what I've realized over the years with a lot of other things that have come to fruition since is you can stay in that space of being mad at your body for the way that it's responding, or you can choose to partner with it and say, you're talking to me yeah. and I hear you and I'm going to listen and I might be really frustrated, but I'm going to take care of you regardless. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
I have once again, you know, since 2009, I'd gone back on Weight Watchers. I don't know why. Like, it was like the bad relationship that you keep going back to that you just can't get enough of. Yeah. You're like, oh, but your your promises sound so fantastic. And right. they exactly. are never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this last time was um, after I had my second son. And that was in 2015. And right when I got pregnant with him, I had excruciating back pain that lasted the entire pregnancy Mm. started at like week seven lasted the entire time. It was, um, pretty horrific. Um, I spent much of the pregnancy at chiropractor offices, getting acupuncture, trying everything I could just to alleviate even a little bit of pain, but it was, it was sciatica and it, it really did kind of send me to a crazy place to be honest. Mm. And I thought that after I had him, that it would go away and it didn't. And, um, when he was 12 weeks old, I had to have back surgery. So once again, I felt like, why is my body doing this to me? You know, why at that point, I really hadn't got to that full circle moment of, you know, your body's listening, talking to you and and all that. I, I did have some pity parties for myself, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Um, but something was said to me in recovery from that, that if I did not get my weight under control, then I would have to have another back surgery. And that was terrifying to me because I had a three-year-old and a newborn and was literally like unable to care for them for four months. Wow. And so I used that as fire. That's when I joined Weight Watchers for the last time in my life Mm. and um, lost a hundred pounds. And what happened was I thought I was fixing the problem. Mm -hmm. I thought I was fixing this thing that was wrong, which was my body. Yeah. and. I can remember the day I hit goal and officially down 104 pounds and looking at my body and saying to myself, you can go a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there was sheer panic. I will never forget it. And I was like, shit, you didn't fix the problem at all. Mm -hmm. You, you did not fix where this came from. This all like your mind is not any better right now. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was, and that's the really interesting piece here is that when I was losing weight, I mean, I would go to those meetings and I would say that, you know, I was in a healthy frame of mind and all of that. But what I've learned since, since getting out of diet culture is I wasn't actually, Yeah. Yeah. I, I was very much engrossed in that. I was working out for several hours a day. I wasn't eating enough and my hair was falling out and I was barely sleeping. Like I wasn't doing the things that we need to do to take care of our bodies. I was losing weight though. And that was really, really commendable Mm -hmm. to everybody. (laughs) <laughs> right. Like yep. I was the epitome of health because I was getting thinner mm-hmm. and that added a ton of pressure. And that's why I think it's so important to, for people to understand that when we comment on other people's bodies, whether they are getting larger or smaller, you have no idea what those comments are doing to that person. Yeah. And it might not be to everybody, but to a lot of people, that's either adding pressure or it's adding guilt or it's adding shame. Because when you say, oh, you look so great. You're like, well, I mean, how bad did I look before? Yeah. <laughs> you know, hundred percent. So ironically, I started Weight Watchers for the first time in fourth grade, hit goal at, I don't know, call it 36, I think is what it was. And within a few weeks after that, I quit and mm-hmm. said, I will never go back. Um, this isn't a healthy place for me. And I felt very lost at that time because I, I, the, the weird thing is, is I felt better physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more at a happier body weight for me, but it was, I couldn't maintain it. I just could not maintain it. Mm-hmm. And so it had to 
be me kind of surrendering and saying, you need to give your body what it needs. And it honestly needed just refed. Yeah. And so that happened. And then I got pregnant with our third child and I had her in 2019 and, um, had, a beautiful, healthy pregnancy, which I was very, very thankful for after having such a traumatic second pregnancy. Yeah, And then I also worked out the entire time I was pregnant, which I had never done with either of my boys and had just felt really great. I was like, you finally got it. Aim. Like you finally mm-hmm. figured this out. Like you're, you're at a place that you're eating like nourishing foods and you feel good and you're not starving yourself and you're not overly restricting Um, and you're not overly exercising and this is just going to be beautiful. Like you're going to quote unquote bounce back. Like this is your time to shine. You are going to be that 37 year old mom. Who's going to bounce back Mm -hmm. and God laughed. (laughs) (laughs) It did not happen. Um, bouncing back did not happen. Um, I had her in April of 2019 and, um, by November of that year, I knew that something was wrong and, I went searching for answers because I was in this time a different kind of pain. It was more joint pain. And I just, I felt really swollen, which I did not feel as much in my pregnancy, felt much worse postpartum than I did pregnant. Mm. And so in November of 2019 is when I got the official diagnosis of Hashimoto's. So Mm. add on an autoimmune diagnosis there. And I literally allowed myself a few days to feel sorry. And I said, I'm not like, I cannot stay here. I will not stay here. I have three kids and what do I got to do? And so I went down a path that started in 2019, um, still on that path to healing more from the inside out, getting answers to things that I think have been ignored for a long time. You know, Mm -hmm. I've, I've always, um, before leaving diet culture equated health with thinness Mm -hmm. and I've quickly realized that that is not the same thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that unfortunately, the vast majority of our society views thinness as health as well. And I can say as a dietitian, I've spoken with probably thousands of individuals at this point over the past almost eight years who, you know, I've talked to people in larger bodies who are extremely healthy, and I've talked to people in thin bodies who are extremely unhealthy, whether it's physically or mentally or both. You know, there's there's so, so many layers of health and things that go into our health and wellness besides the number on the scale. I would say that's one very small piece of the overall puzzle. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that story is just a perfect example of that. And like you said, you know, you got to you got to this goal that you had been striving for for so long. And it wasn't this like shiny, amazing thing that you expected. Today's conversation is all about learning how to partner with your body and take good care of it, regardless of how it looks or the weight on the scale. And so I want to take a quick break to talk a little bit more about that. In case you missed it, I am launching my very first online nutrition course next week called Make Healthy Easy. As a registered dietitian, I'm extremely passionate about helping others improve their nutrition and overall health, but I want to help you do it in a way that doesn't require obsession or restriction. I don't want you to feel stressed and overwhelmed by tracking everything you eat or feeling guilty when your diet doesn't look quote unquote perfect. 
I just want to empower you with the tools and the knowledge to make healthy choices most of the time that serve you as a unique human and ditch the all or nothing mindset for good. I believe it is extremely possible to have a healthy relationship with food while also having a desire to take good care of your body. And so I'm going to teach you inside my program how to do both. My program will help you build habits that will actually last so you can feel your best from the inside out moving forward. You'll get support from myself as well as others inside the program who are working towards similar goals, which will help provide accountability and a sense of community because honestly, we were never meant to do this whole life thing alone. (laughs) If you are interested in joining the first round of my program, it'll be available for purchase on Monday, February 27th. I will leave a link for you in the show notes if you want to get on the wait list so you don't miss your chance to join. Also note, this first round is the cheapest it'll ever be, and I cannot wait to serve you in this way and help you reach your health goals and feel your best. Okay, let's get back to the episode with Amy. So walk us through that a little bit more, like like when you realized, oh shit, I, I'm here, but it doesn't feel like enough. Was that like really the main thing that it took for you to realize, okay, I have to walk away from this lifestyle, from this, you know, from diet culture. Is that how you kind of became aware of even the term diet culture? Because I think sometimes for people who are in it, they don't realize like what diet culture even is. (laughs) 100% agree with that. I know that was kind of the case for me before I learned about intuitive eating. I think that a lot of people who are, who are in diet culture have no idea that that's the culture that they're living and breathing. Mm Mm-hmm in defending um, because I did it. So I want to say that really quickly as we talk about that is like, I'm talking from a place of having been there. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking from a place of judgment. Honestly, same. (laughs) I've been there and Mm -hmm. I've been in the, I've defended it. I have said everything's fine and this isn't a diet and this is a lifestyle. And this is, I mean, I have defended that till I was blue in the face Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I got out that I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you were very much engrossed mm-hmm. in diet culture. Totally. So I think around that time, so what kind of the breakdown of that would be, I, st- I shared my weight loss story on Instagram. That's where mm-hmm. it started. Mm-hmm. So I had back surgery in August of 2015. And then by December of that year is when I was like, okay, I have to lose weight. Like I have to lose weight. And you know, so I'd start Weight Watchers and then at a, at a meeting, somebody said, well, you can like go on Instagram, man, this really ages me. You can like go on Instagram and search hashtags. And I'm like, what's a hashtag? Like, what is that? And yeah. they, and so they were talking about that. I was like, okay. And they said, if you do that, then you can find people to follow who do Weight Watchers or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. So that's when I started. Mm. Was in December of 2015, mm-hmm. and um, I, so I was sharing it, my weight loss journey publicly. Yeah, and through that journey, I met people. You are one of those people, Shanna. So we've mm-hmm. known each other for several years now. Yeah, and we met at an event that was hosted by a Pilates company. Uh huh. And there was somebody at that event. I'm not going to name names, but there was somebody at that event who was an intuitive eating dietitian back then, mm. and I started following her. She just had a lot to say about diet culture. Mm. And I was like, I felt so offended a lot. Like I was uh-huh. offended by what she was sharing. Like, yeah, how could you? Like, I am totally fine and I am healthy. Mm-hmm. And I had a meeting with her one day and she asked me, how long do you think it takes you to track your food? And I was like, oh, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she, I can remember her vividly looking at me from across the desk like, mm-hmm. I bet <laughs> you only spend 15 minutes doing that. And I was like, oh yeah, 15 minutes. I mean, I have this down. Like it's no big deal. Like I'm I'm fine. But mm-hmm. what happened was she 
planted these little seeds in my mm-hmm. head that I think started that little bit of doubt, like maybe I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'm not okay. And she did it very, um, very kindly. Mm-hmm. But the day I hit goal, I've never shared this story. The day mm-hmm. I hit goal, she messaged me on Instagram because they were coming out with a weight loss program for kids. Oh, yes. Weight Watchers was. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she said, I need you to see the harm here. Mm-hmm. And I took that as a completely different lens because I was the kid who joined that program. Mm-hmm. And that made me pause. Yeah. And I that just gave day, me chills. It all yeah. like comes full circle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to that meeting that day. I hit goal and I cried. Like I cried. And I looked at the people in that room and I was like, if you are treating this like a diet, please stop. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the day that the doubt really, I mean, I, I only went a couple of weeks, I think, because I was just like, this is not okay. Like, I'm yeah. not okay. I'm not okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm not okay with marketing to kids. It just all of a sudden was like, this is a moneymaker. This, they don't care about my health. Like they're, mm-hmm. this is the wrong thing, you know? Right. And sadly, most diets, that's all they do care about is the money that's being made. And I, I say that with all the love in my heart because of the bajillions of dollars I've spent on diets <laughs> that just understand that, that like, I, I think that there's a lot of good, like we think that it's all good intention what they're mm-hmm. wanting, mm-hmm. someone who's selling a diet to us, but oftentimes it's not. It really is to make a buck. Yeah. And we have to see through that. And mm-hmm. I I say that because I've experienced it in not just that program. I mean, I'm not just talking about Weight Watchers here. There's lots of other things that I've done um, that have all warranted the same results. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. And you mentioned earlier, you know, as you were kind of walking through your story, how Weight Watchers made you feel like you needed to be fixed. And that, again, is exactly what most diets promise is like, you know, do this and you'll be you'll be this and your life will be so much better and all these things and all these promises that feel very, very appealing. Of course, you know, they I don't blame people for for wanting to try things that that make those promises. But we have to realize, like you said, they don't have our best interest at heart. They aren't you know, especially some red flags to look for. If a program is telling you, you don't need to cook, you don't need to exercise to lose weight. You just need to eat these bars or these shakes or whatever. (laughs) It's like, okay, is that teaching you anything about how to care for yourself and how to feel good? And, you know, unfortunately being healthy and caring for your body does require a little bit of effort. (laughs) You know, it does. It It takes, you know, more than a little bit of effort. And and the desire to do that, but figuring out how to do that in a way that you enjoy and that feels really good can be so amazing. And it's very possible to get to that place if you allow yourself to open your eyes to that possibility and, you know, not taking like the easy way out or looking for a magic bullet, um, which is hard <laughs> in yeah. our society. Well, it's also really empowering if we allow it to be. Mm-hmm. If it's empowering to be able to look at our our situation and our bodies and say, what do you need? Mm-hmm. But I think for so long, we are kind of numb because of a diet that we've been on that we we have lost all hunger cues. We don't mm-hmm. know what our body actually needs. Right. We don't know what makes us feel good. We don't know when we're full. We don't mm-hmm. know when we're hungry because we're just told we can only have X amount of calories or X amount of points. And that should be good enough. Yeah. Or we look at what somebody else is eating and you're like, well, that's all they eat. Mm-hmm. 
I eat way more than that. And so there must be something wrong with me, or this is why I'm this size, or this Mm -hmm. is why I can't lose weight. But I think our bodies are so individual and Mm -hmm. you can't possibly look at somebody sitting next to you and assume that your body has the exact same needs that they do. It's likely, right? I mean, it's nearly impossible to even assume that you would have even similar needs to be honest. Right. And so even, even as a mom of three kids, I have an 11, seven and three-year-old, they all have different needs. Like I, and they've all like their relationships with food are all different, even though they're Mm -hmm. at different ages. Like I can see differences in my three and seven-year-old than my 11-year-old had at their age. Mm -hmm. And so we are all really like made up very differently. And instead of saying that's something that's wrong with me, instead flip the script and say, how can I care for myself in the best way? Mm -hmm. Because I can't tell you how empowering it is that I don't have to be like freaking out about a weigh-in or freaking out about if my body is hungrier on a given day, like I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't actually give it the food that it wants. Right. And there was many times that you can't do that on a diet because Mm -hmm. of a weigh-in or something. And I think that something that we have to also start understanding is that wellness takes time. Mm -hmm. And so often we're promised lose X amount and X amount of days, keep it off for good, or you have a beach vacation or you're trying to lose for an event or something like that. And Oh gosh, I used to live and die by timelines. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it was like, okay, you need to have this much off by this date and do all the things to get that. Mm-hmm. And what I finally, I think, realized is that you cannot put a timeline on wellness. It just, because yeah. your body has different needs all the time. I could have never anticipated being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease right after having Kate. Like, mm-hmm. if you would have told me that when I was pregnant with her, I'd have been like, you're nuts. Yeah. This is the healthiest pregnancy I've had. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to feel amazing when I get done here. And instead I've spent three years kind of like trying to figure out what my body needs. And it's Mm -hmm. honestly just, and she'll be four in April. It's needs have shifted in the four years since having her already. Like I've, I've had to constantly kind of adjust what I need to do in order to feel my best. And I have months that I don't feel great. And I have months that I feel better. And I have things that are told, you know, by coaches to me, like try this. And those are epic fails. And Mm -hmm. I have other things that work really well. And I think at the end of the day, that's, that's really where I'm coming from, you know, with my own blog and my own podcast is like, we have to learn how to take care of our bodies, regardless of the size that it is. Mm -hmm. Your body deserves to be cared for. It deserves to be nourished. It deserves to be able to move regardless if you are a size two or a size 20 or a size 22, like it does not, your body deserves that no matter what size you currently are. Your Mm -hmm. right now body, your right now size is worthy of love. It's worthy of nourishment. You don't have to earn those things at all. Yeah, completely agree. And there's just so much there that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like I, I talk to people about this all day, every day. I hear the the deadlines, you know, my son is getting married in May or I have this vacation in November. And, you know, people are just like living for these deadlines. And like you said, you know, restricting leading up to it. And then it's a binge. And then it's like this vicious cycle that people can't get out of. And it's okay. Then when's the next event or the next occasion? It's just never ending. And so it's like, yeah, what if we decided to just show up for ourselves all year round, regardless and care for ourselves every day, regardless. And it doesn't have to look perfect, you know? And that's the thing is if we're doing at least you know, something every day to care for ourselves versus swinging all the way from one end to the complete other, 
all the time, then our, it's just like going to be chaos, you know? <laughs> and that's what mm-hmm. I see so often is that all or nothing vicious cycle. And so it's like, what if we just settled somewhere in the middle and we were there all the time? That would be way better <laughs> than, than the all or nothing back and forth. I'm so excited to be teaming up with Advent Health KC again throughout this pregnancy. I've shared a lot about some of the mother-baby services that they offer, but I wanted to share some of the other services they have available throughout the Kansas City metro, including ER care for the whole family, including kids. No one wants to think about emergency health situations happening, especially to their loved ones, but it's so important to be prepared and aware of where you will go in case of an emergency. Advent Health has several ERs in the area, including College Boulevard, South Overland Park, and Lenexa. We are excited to be near their new South OP location in our new home, and it's comforting to know it's close by if we need it, especially during this brutal sick season. One amazing thing that they offer is the ability to reserve your spot ahead of time and wait from the comfort of your own home. As a mom, I love the thought of being able to stay put with my sick kiddo until we absolutely have to get out of the house. You can visit getinquickerkc.com to reserve your spot in advance at one of their many ER locations. I'll leave a link for you in the show notes if you want to learn more about Advent Health KC and their ER care in the KC metro area. Okay, back to the show. Yeah. I was listening to something the other day that said, you know, we don't take supplements once a month. Right. If we took our supplements like once a month, it would never do any good. So if we're only working out once or twice a month or we're only eating a salad or eating nourishing foods like every once in a while, we're going to get those results too. So when we say, I think this was a piece that was really hard for me to understand when I left diet culture was, well, what now? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you like? I I leave. So that means I just eat whatever I want. And it, that was a really hard thing for me to understand Mm -hmm. some, because of, I think when I went through therapy, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And I gained a hundred pounds and I was really scared of that Mm -hmm. because I knew what my body had been through and I didn't want to go through that again. Mm -hmm. So how can I refeed in a normal way? And it was just really tuning in to what I needed and like Mm -hmm. being willing to listen and learn from my body and what it needed at that time. And I think we all can say like, we know that fruits and veggies are good for you. (laughs) Like we know we should move our bodies. We know that drinking water is important. We know that sleep is important. I think that so often we're trying to find this, like you said, magic pill. We're trying to find the quick fix and there's not. I don't think that there is. It is just hard work and it's time and it's patience Mm -hmm. and it's honoring what your body composition and chemistry is because Shanna, you and I are built so different. You are Mm -hmm. very petite and I'm not like I'm short, but I'm always going to be bigger than you. That doesn't mean that I am. There's something wrong with me. Right. Like your parents look different than mine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's a bajillion things that lead it, it lead into why Shanna and Amy look differently. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that Shanna or Amy is better than the other. It just means that Shanna and Amy are different. Mm-hmm. And too often, I think we're just comparing ourselves yeah. to somebody that we think we're even around the same height. So we should be pretty much the same build. Mm-hmm. We're going to go nuts. Yeah. We are going nuts. Like yeah. People are going nuts <laughs> mm-hmm. thinking that they need to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. When instead, what if what if you just tuned out the noise and asked yourself, who am I? Yeah. And where am I the happiest? Where mm-hmm. can I enjoy the food on my plate, move in a way that feels really good? And I'm not like killing it in the gym all the time and then feeling horrible and exhausted, mm-hmm. but I'm at a comfortable, healthy weight for me. Right. Exactly. 
And remembering too, just exactly like you said, body diversity is a thing. It's very normal for us all to look different. And we, again, our society glamorizes and glorifies one specific body. And so that's what everyone is striving for. And then of course, again, there's social media. And so we see all of these ideals and you know, what people, like you said, what people exactly what they're eating all day, every day. Oh, I'm okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to move exactly like they do. I'm going to eat exactly what they do. Why don't I look exactly like they do? Because we're all different. We all have different needs. We can't, we can't expect, you know, to just do the same things and look the same. That's just not how it works. No. I mean, I, I have a sister. She's three years younger than me and we are built completely differently. So if you took me and turned me upside down, that would be more my sister. Mm. So she is like, she has these bird legs. <laughs> I, I mean, I've never had bird legs a day in my life. Like <laughs> that's just not the way I'm built. Yeah. And so we came from the exact same people mm-hmm. and we are very different. Yeah. I think that that's, we have to remind ourselves of that. Like, yeah. We, you are an individual human being. No, mm-hmm. I mean, you might not look like your sisters. You might not look like your family. That's okay. Like, yeah. That, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you, mm-hmm. but how, how can you love your body for the way that it is and the gift that your body is instead of constantly telling yourself that it needs to change? And I'm not, mm-hmm. I also don't want to give the impression that it's wrong if you want your body to change. So yeah. very honestly, I am in a season now that I am not at a, at a weight that feels comfortable for me and my body. Mm-hmm. I'm also experiencing weight loss resistance because of some health issues that I'm dealing with. And so that's me navigating that season and being very, very honest with myself. Why do I want to not be this size? Mm -hmm. And it's because I'm uncomfortable and dealing Mm -hmm. with some inflammation. I have something going on with my liver. I'm not really sure what that is yet. Mm -hmm. And so there are just some real reasons that I need to focus on getting in a healthier weight range, but how can I do that in a really safe way mm-hmm. and, and in a way that takes patience yeah. and takes time. And it's not a timeline and it's not like, it's honestly not even focused on the number on the scale as much as a feeling. And that's yeah. where it's different for me this time. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know what I weigh, but it's not, I don't live and die by it. Like I know mm-hmm. that this is an uncomfortable place for me and more, more than anything, it's how do you want to feel yeah. and are the choices that you're making on a daily basis are they going to lead you to a way that will make you feel the way that you want to feel? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the bigger question here. Too often the the emphasis is put on the number on the scale, but what instead, if you asked yourself, how do I want to feel? Yeah. And maybe maybe you got rid of the scale or maybe you don't look at that as much as you need to. I I think that the scale is, is okay for some and not okay for others. And so that's mm-hmm. only a question that I, I think is very individual and people have to answer that for themselves. But if you find that you step on that scale and your day is, it's a make it or break it, Mm -hmm. I would encourage anybody who's feeling like that to step away from it for a while and instead ask yourself like how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. What? So when I eat this food, how do I feel? Mm -hmm. That was something that I dealt with a lot when I was in therapy. So I, I went to like, you know, talk therapy and then every week I also saw an intuitive eating dietitian. I lived an hour away from Kansas city at the time. And I drove into Shawnee mission medical center to see that dietitian. Hmm. That was long before <laughs> that was long before I could have seen like an online dietitian, which mm-hmm. would be amazing. Um, yeah. so anybody who is struggling with like, you know, anything like that, like know that there are online, um, mm-hmm. individuals who can help you and 
don't wait to get that help because that really did change my life. Like understanding that I I truly had an eating disorder and something that needed fixed. You know, Mm -hmm. I needed to uh, to rewire my brain in a way. It's allowed Mm -hmm. me to find healing. It's taken several years. Yeah, I mean, it's taken several years, but Mm -hmm. I would do it again and again to get Mm -hmm. to get the healing and get where I am today. So back then, um, one of my big things that I struggled with a lot were donuts. Like I really struggled with donuts. Um, like I would, I would go on my way to work every morning and I would eat donuts and diet Coke, and then I would have them and I would crash and I would feel awful. And I would be beating myself up until lunch. And like, why did you do that? Why can't you just not have the damn donuts? Like, why Mm -hmm. is this such a big thing for you? So what she, I finally like had to voice this to the, to the dietitian I was seeing and say, like, I have this like gravitational pull to donuts and I do not know what it is. And I do not know why I am fixated on them. Like what is happening? Mm-hmm. And she said, have the donut, but add a protein with it. Mm-hmm. Like, just have the donut. That That's fine. Like, don't tell yourself you can't have the donut, have the donut and have the protein with it. And so I started to do that. And you know what the interesting thing is, is I don't have an issue with donuts anymore. Mm-hmm. And I granted that was, you know, that was 14 years ago. Yeah. I, I now recognize like when I have donuts, I do crash and I don't feel great. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to have something like that in the morning, it has to be paired with a protein. Yeah. Same. My kids get donuts <laughs> yep. and they get sausage and they get an egg or they get bacon or something with it too. Mm-hmm. And we talk about those things. We yeah. talk about, Hey, you can totally have a donut, but let's make sure that we have a protein too, because you're going to feel a little bit better if you eat both. Yep. You might not feel as great if you just have the donuts. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, important to understand like how your body responds to different foods Mm -hmm. and be willing to ask yourself that. So be willing to sit with yourself and say, how do I physically feel Mm -hmm. when I'm doing that? I did it just um, over the holidays. My mother-in-law bought Diet Coke. I I like Diet Coke. I do not have it in my house, but I do love it. And I will have it like if I go to a restaurant or something like that, but got to her house and she's like, I bought you Diet Coke. And I'm like, okay. So of course I had like two when I was there, like in one day I had like two different bottles and I got in the car the next morning. And for, you know, when you get like in that, like you've had two and you're like, Oh, I'll have a third. I had one like the next morning and I took one sip and I was like, I do not feel good. Like mm. My body does not want any part of that diet Coke. It does yeah. not want that. And so it's being curious. It's allowing yourself to say, how do I feel when I have this? It's not, I didn't tell myself you can't have a diet Coke today. Like yeah. Diet Coke's horrible for you, Amy. You shouldn't be having that anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't beat myself up about it. I know Diet Coke's not great for me. Like, I know that. Like, I think we all know that pop's not the greatest beverage of choice. Right. But I do have it on occasion. And instead of turning it into like this opportunity to beat myself up for a decision I made, instead I asked myself, okay, like you do not feel good drinking this today. So don't drink it. Like, yeah. Why are we fueling our bodies and eating things that we don't feel good eating? Right. So is that feeling? I think the feeling is really important to mm-hmm. not ignore. Yeah, totally. It's important to care for our bodies during all seasons of life, including the unique seasons of pregnancy and postpartum. So one way I am taking extra care of myself throughout these periods is by taking full well fertility, prenatals and fish oil supplements. These supplements I know are providing my body and my baby with all the important nutrients that we both need to thrive now and well into the future as I breastfeed and recover from labor and delivery. 
Full Well supplements were created by a registered dietitian who is passionate about women's health and wanted to create products that were great quality, provided evidence-based doses of nutrients in bioavailable forms, and they perform third-party testing on every batch produced to ensure they don't contain any harmful contaminants or heavy metals. I feel super confident in all the research that Ayla has done to create these amazing products to support all women throughout their fertility journeys, and I'm proud to be an affiliate for this brand. You can use my code WellnessForTheWin to save when you purchase any Full Well supplements. I'll be sure to provide a link for you in the show notes if you want to give them a try. Okay, now back to the episode. And and like you said, it's such a learning process. And and that's the thing that holds a lot of people back, I think, is that they have, again, we want this, we want everything quick. (laughs) We want everything to be immediate, right? We live in a a society where we get instant gratification, two-day shipping or like end of the day, Amazon package, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, you know, we want things fast, especially when it comes to our health. And unfortunately, again, you know, it doesn't work that way. And so we don't have the patience and the curiosity to check in and notice again, okay, yeah, how does certain foods make me feel? Relearning your hunger and fullness cues is such a big one and something that so many people really struggle with. It's so hard. Yeah. Especially, I mean, if you've been dieting and letting so many external factors tell you exactly what, when, how much you should eat, et cetera, for literally years, no wonder you don't know what the heck your body wants or needs, right? It's yeah. it's totally, that's very normal and common for people when they're coming from a place of dieting, but know that it's possible to get yes. back in tune with those signals, but it takes time. You know, like you said, you kind of were just noticing, okay, how do foods make me feel? What did you feel like was the most helpful in terms of like your hunger and your fullness and re relearning those cues? I think you just said it and it's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took a Practice. lot of time. It took practice. It took time. It took years, quite honestly. And I know that Mm -hmm. that's not what you want to hear is that it took years, but I think it does. I think, especially if you've dieted for a really long time, Mm -hmm. it just, it it does take time kind of for your body to reset Mm -hmm. because that's what it needs to do is reset a bit. And it doesn't know, because I think that there is a period of, if you do leave diet culture, that you kind of do go through that period that your body does kind of freak out a little bit. Like, Oh boy, she's feeding me more. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I going to do with that? Like, what am I going to do? And, and you might feel really like nervous about that too. And I, I want anybody listening to like, know that that's really normal and that's scary. And I hear you and I see you and I'm also on the other side and I know that you can get through it and that you can do it and it is uncomfortable. And so Mm -hmm. find a friend or go talk to a therapist or if your spouse or your partner is supportive, like make sure you're leaning on them. I, I leaned on my friends and family a lot during that time and it was dark. Um, Mm -hmm. it was a dark, dark time for me, um, to come out of that, but it taught me a lot Mm -hmm. and it allowed me to find the other side of healing. And, and I do think I've, you know, had a couple like relapses since I don't feel like I have, you know, since 2018, but that took me, you know, that would have been, that would have been 10 years of me really trying to like navigate and -hmm. figure that out. And with the body changing during pregnancy and then postpartum and, And all of that, like your body does do a lot of changes during that time. And there was oftentimes that, you know, I'd been so hard on myself and then having a baby and your body looks completely different. And Mm -hmm. it's hard not to like sink back into those old, old patterns and old ways. And, Mm -hmm. um, but just reminding yourself, how do I want to feel? Yeah. And not not just, how do you want to feel physically, but how do you want to feel about yourself? Mm -hmm. Like, What do you want to feel? 
about your body. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a yeah. massage today. And, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I'm struggling with a ton of inflammation in like my lower half. So my legs are just really struggling with inflammation. And I did a lymphatic drainage massage mm-hmm. manual, which was very interesting. I'd never had that done before, that but like great. <laughs> in the beginning, when she started, I was like, I could feel myself like, why are, why are my legs doing this? And like, why am I holding on to this? And I was laying there and immediately said to myself, like flip the script. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just need a mantra to like kick yourself out, like, yeah. get, like kick yourself back into gear. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, flip the script. And instead of saying, why are my legs like this? Why do they feel like this? I started saying to myself, like, like honestly, like visualizing all of the inflammation leaving my body. Mm-hmm. Like as she was like working on my legs, I was like picturing it, like leaving my body instead. And I started mm-hmm. just saying to myself, like, you're worthy of healing mm-hmm. and you can heal. And we all can heal. Like we've all been through things that make us feel kind of broken <laughs> and we wonder why us and why have I had to go through this and why does so-and-so have it so much easier, but something that I've learned and then Shanna, I bet you can relate to this is being on this side of things, um, being in the DMS with people being, Mm -hmm. you know, interviewing guests, we all have something. Mm -hmm. There is not one person I've talked to that's like, got it. I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Like never had, never had a bad thought about myself in my life. I'm totally good. Right. And I don't say that to like encourage you to have those thoughts, but what I hope is that like, you feel like it's okay to like struggle sometimes. And it's okay to have days like you need help Mm -hmm. and you need friends to lean on and Mm -hmm. times that you're going to need to lean on others in order to find that healing that you do, that you deserve quite honestly. Yeah because I do think that's possible, but I do think it helps to have some people and it doesn't need to be like a lot of people, but somebody that you can confide in and somebody mm-hmm. that you can trust. Cause I'm going to admit like going through that, like I was probably really annoying because <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's a hard thing to come to terms that you have something that you need to overcome, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there's not like support out there. I mean, nowadays you can get so much support Mm -hmm. just in the online space alone, Mm -hmm. you know, that um, definitely was not available to me when I went through it. But I mean, even just starting with like talking to somebody, I found, I found a therapist who specialized in eating disorders. That's where Mm -hmm. I started. Yeah. And I think that that's important. I actually just started therapy again um, a month ago. And that was something that I felt like I've needed to do for a while. Mm-hmm. because like I said at the beginning, like this is a journey. Like we go mm-hmm. through, we go through different things. And mm-hmm. um, with the autoimmune diagnosis, it's kind of brought some other things to light that I need to work through, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't want to walk around feeling like a victim in my yeah. body. That's I'll never heal. Yeah. If we feel like that. For sure. And I think a lot of people do get stuck in that place, like you said, of just, I don't know, I don't want to say like wallowing in self-pity, but sometimes, I mean, it's yeah. and it's it's okay to do that for a short time. But then, like you said, flip the script. How can I like make lemonade out of lemons and yeah. figure out, you know, how to, again, care for myself regardless of what my body is going through and and again, partner up with it and be, you know, a team versus fighting it forever, which is oftentimes what we do when we're dieting is, you know, we're, we're not serving our bodies. Well, we're 
trying to shrink them at all costs and not really even paying attention to what they're asking for. Um, so those are all, you know, just so many, so many good tips. And at this point where you are now, how do you handle bad body image days now versus maybe how you did in the past? So an old bad body image day would probably be um, overeating. Like I would have punished myself by mm-hmm. eating more. Like, well, you're fat anyway, so you may as well eat. Or, you know, a lot of like really, really negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to have bad body image days, people would know it. I would also verbally just say it a lot. I had mm-hmm. people tell me that it was very uncomfortable to talk to me. Um, my therapist once told me that she had never had a client who talked to herself the way that I talked about myself, which Mm-mm. today makes me feel so sad. Yeah. Um, because I think I would just go in there sometimes and just literally tell her exactly what I thought about myself. And yeah. it was a really not not great thing. Yeah. Um, but today, like I'm dealing with some bad body image stuff now just because the way I physically feel. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily uh I think the body image days look different now. It's more, I don't want to feel this way. And mm-hmm. so I'll try to kind of flip that a little bit and say, okay, well, what can you do that would make you feel good today? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how, how can you meet your body where it's at today? Mm-hmm. Do you need more sleep? Maybe you don't need to work out actually, Amy. Like maybe right. you need to not work out mm-hmm. um, or maybe you actually do. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got in that trap a little bit at the end of um, last year and it was recommended to me to that I was probably too stressed. And so I shouldn't really be doing any exercise. And I, I followed that advice and um, came to quickly find out that that was not a good answer for me. Yeah. Um, because exercising does help me feel better mm-hmm. physically. It's just maybe right. I need to like adjust what my workout is. Right. And so I think just the longer that I've been on this journey, it's tuning into what I know makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And what is right for somebody else may, might not be right for me. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. If that fixed somebody else, that's great, but it might not be my answer. Yeah. And that, and that's okay. So mm-hmm. today, if I am having a day that I feel, feel down, I also look at each opportunity and each day or each moment as a new opportunity. So if I made choices at breakfast or at lunch that, that don't leave me feeling good, or I kind of wish I'd would have made a different choice. I just leave those at, at that meal. Mm-hmm. And you can always start over at the next moment. Yeah. At any given moment, we have the choice to either stay in the past or move forward in the future. And how can you take care of your body now is what I ask myself. So what does your body need right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. And a lot, cause a lot of times when I find myself like in the pantry, like looking for comfort, not looking for nourishment, it's looking for comfort. It's because I need something else. Yeah. So just having that honest conversation with myself, like, okay, are you, are you feeling bad about your body today? And so you're trying to find comfort in food mm-hmm. or you're avoiding sleep or you're avoiding, you know, X, Y, Z. How can you turn that around instead of just digging yourself into a deeper hole Right. that then the next day is hard to get out of quite mm-hmm. honestly. I like what you said earlier. You said something about just even one thing a day, mm-hmm. you know, I think we really overcomplicate wellness mm-hmm. a lot. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> and we all want that quick fix. We we want the perfect formula. And that doesn't really exist in my opinion mm-hmm. because we have different needs every single day. Yeah. And so to say that we're going to do the same workout and eat the same foods and 
sleep the same amount of hours every single given day, especially his mom's. Like it's nearly yeah, impossible. For like, sure. It's nearly impossible, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we just have to do do our best with what we have mm-hmm. and make the best decisions that we can. You know, yeah. if you plan to like get in like four workouts and you end up with sick kids, that's not your fault. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's it's not your fault. But oftentimes we we say, well, I didn't get my workouts in this week because you know, I just didn't make time for that. Well, maybe you had sick kids or maybe work was really challenging. Like yeah. give yourself a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. There, there's a fine line between grace and like giving yourself a, like a free pass, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and asking yourself like, what can I do to make myself feel better? Like, am I just avoiding the workouts or mm-hmm. do, do I really not have time? Yeah. Or can I, can I adjust things? If working out makes me feel good, mm-hmm. how can you adjust things? Right. And giving ourselves permission to be flexible. And and like you said, you know, maybe one day we need more sleep. Maybe one day we need, we do need that workout. Maybe one day all we have time for or energy for is a 10 minute walk outside. That's amazing. You know, and, yep. and that's, it's okay for it to look different every day. And that's, that's why I really struggle when people are very, very strict with, you know, like points or calories or macros or whatever it is that's not giving us permission for our bodies to change in terms of what they want or need from us. And so we feel this, this anxiety when that looks different and it's like, Oh my gosh, well, why am I still hungry? And it's like, you know, allow your body to, to guide you because it is telling you it's giving you information all the time. And we're not freaking robots. You know, we, no. we don't have identical needs every single day, especially as women, you know, we have menstrual cycles and hormones and things are changing all the time. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just not realistic to expect perfection or, you know, identical routines and things every single day. And also that's not fun anyway, <laughs> you know, no. allowing for flexibility and freedom is so, so amazing. And again, while it does take time to get to that place, it's also incredibly freeing to be on the other side. And also too, you know, okay, it could take you a couple of years to make peace with food in your body, or it could take literally the rest of your life of being stuck in dieting, which is where, you know, I talk to some women in their 60s or 70s and that's where they're at. And they tell yeah. me that. And, you know, some of them are still very unaware of the fact that they're stuck in that. And some others are like, I've been doing this for literally my entire life, 60, I mean, yeah, 50, 60 years. And I don't want to do it anymore, but how do I escape? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, you know, just, Think about where you want to be in 15, 20, 30 years. And while these next couple of years might be hard as hell, they'll probably be worth it. Oh, 100%. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's something a lot of times that kind of fuels me mm-hmm. is I don't want to be a 60-year-old woman still complaining about mm-hmm. my body. Mm-hmm. I honestly, when, when I'm 60, I don't want to give a shit. <laughs> Amen to Honestly, that. I like want to go do... I want to go do the workout that I love. And then I want to go have, you know, lunch with my friends. Like I really want to like, just be like living and then loving my life when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm 60, 70 years old, Absolutely. I do not want to be looking at the mirror in the mirror and pulling myself apart. Mm-hmm. I just don't want that. And yeah. at 40, at 40, I can change that. You know, mm-hmm. I can start that process now and mm-hmm. I can also start that process for my kids, which is a really, really important Mm-hmm. factor for me personally. Mm-hmm. My oldest son remembers me losing weight. Mm-hmm. Um, my middle does not, but they know like they, they looked the other day and they were like, mom, you're strong. I think was like, mom, you're stronger than dad. And I was like, Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> Probably not, but that's okay. Um, but I love that. That's what they see. 
You know, mm-hmm. they see a mom who has made it a priority to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, they see a mom who likes to cook at home. Mm-hmm. They see a mom who is really stressed out, but is trying really hard to not be. We have really open and honest conversations about stress in our house mm-hmm. and who is trying to make sleep more important, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's the legacy I want to leave. Yeah. And it's not, it's kind of breaking that cycle mm-hmm. of dieting that, I think so many people in our generation are, it's just, well, that's what was shown to me. Right. So how can we help, Mm -hmm. you know, how can we help the next generation of kids not look in the mirror and constantly find fault? Mm -hmm. Um, How can we instead help them look in the mirror and say, like, I'm beautiful the way that I am. And I take care of my body the way that it is because I love it and I'm thankful for it. And it's a gift Mm -hmm. from God. Yeah. And that's something I not only want to pass down to my daughter, it's very, very important for me to pass that down to my sons, not only for them, but someday for their wives. Mm-hmm. And so they can have a true appreciation that women's bodies look different mm-hmm. and not one body is superior to another. Mm-hmm. And I just hope and pray that they have that lens that they'll never have like this perfectly toned mom, but she was still like a really great mom and loved them and loved their dad. And they mm-hmm. saw love and kindness in their home. And it really wasn't about what any of us look like. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's one of the best things we can do for our kids is just show them, show them, you know, model those behaviors and show them what balance looks like. Like you said, we can have the donuts. We can also have protein. We can enjoy both. It's not a matter of restriction. It's a matter of caring for ourselves. And once again, wanting to feel good and, you know, moving our bodies in a way that feels good, avoiding language like, you know, mom has to go work off that donut now, you know, stuff like that. That's the the shit that we have to to stop, right? Yes. And you know, unfortunately, it's still so common. And I talk to clients who they're worried about their kids in third or fourth grade or whatever, and or sixth grade, whatever it is. And they're like, my son or my daughter is overweight, and so what do I need to do? And that is like, I go into like mom mode, but also yeah. you know, dietitian mode, but also mom mode. And I'm like, do not comment on their body. No. Do not tell them that they need to change. Do not tell them that there's something wrong with them. Instead, again, how can you engage in healthy behaviors as a family that that everyone enjoys, that feel good, and that shows balance where, you know, it doesn't have to be moms eating a separate meal from the family every single night or moms simply not even even eating dinner ever. You know, just those little things. I mean, our kids are watching us always. Oh, they're watching everything. They watch, they see everything and they're not stupid. And, you know, especially as they get older and they're also noticing diet culture, whether they're aware of what diet culture is yet or not, they are picking up on those messages outside of the home and inside the home. We we can only control what's going on inside the home. So being really intentional about that is so important. Yeah. I try really hard. I mean, I, I don't, (laughs) I don't make comments about my body. That's something that you know, it, it's funny that I just say that out loud because I used to make comments about my body all the time. Mm. And now if I were to voice something, like if something's not fitting right or whatever, I might say it in my head, like, oh, I wish this fit different or whatever. Um, but I would never say that out loud mm-hmm. in front of my kids now. And that was definitely a rewiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is possible too. Like if you notice, I think something to consider as like, as you're listening, 
awareness is really key. Mm-hmm. And and that I think when you're aware of some of these different things, then you can take steps to change like one thing at a time. So me having that therapist tell me, I have never had anybody talk about themselves like this. Like, this is really bad. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what? People, hold on. Not everybody thinks like this about their body. Like, I thought that that was a normal thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that, yeah. you know? And so just being aware of what might be detrimental and, and coming at a place like without judgment, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just data that you're gathering. Right. Okay. I need to make sure that I'm not saying those things about my body, you know, Mm -hmm. because I do remember women in my life making a lot of comments about their bodies, like Mm -hmm. still do sometimes and, Mm -hmm. and having to say to them, like, we don't talk like that here. Like Mm -hmm. if, if they're in my home, like, Hey, and I will say right away, like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Not allowed in here, you know, Mm -hmm. and having those boundaries and it might be really uncomfortable, but our kids are listening. And honestly, I'm listening too. And you're listening too. And Mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable when someone's constantly bashing themselves and their bodies because you're like, well, what are you thinking about mine? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to know what you're talking about mine. Mm -hmm. And so I think just trying to come from that space that quiet that inner critic that's telling us that we're unworthy because of the way that we look on the outside and just quieting that voice. And it is possible. It is possible. It takes time and it takes awareness, but we can do it. And we can raise a generation that doesn't have the inner critic telling them that their body is constantly wrong or needs to change. Yeah. Amen. Gosh, love that. I'm glad we got into the conversation about how that's impacted your you know, how you parent your kids and talk to your kids, because I feel like that's such an important piece of the equation because a lot of my listeners are moms and, you know, it's something that, you know, as Rhett gets older and older again, I mean, he's, he's going to be too soon, but I feel like there's already things that he can totally Mm -hmm. pick up on that. It's like, it's important to start now, you know, even if you don't have kids yet, start now, you know, start to shift that language now and those thoughts now, because it will, benefit you so much down the road versus like trying to completely rewire once you have kids and you're like, oh shoot, I need to like stop doing this and stop saying this. You know, it's and if you're in that place, you know, again, don't guilt or shame yourself mm-hmm. if you've made some of these comments, but just know that it is important to bring awareness to it and start to show slowly shift um yeah. and and move away from that language. And it'll be beneficial not only for your kids, but for yourself too. Yeah. It's been interesting because we've dealt with some like food intolerances Mm -hmm. in our family too. So when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, they were like, you need to quit gluten because my antibodies were so high. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that with my history? Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was really scared. It was going to send me into this like kind of tailspin of Mm -hmm. how am I going to do this? And then how's the language I'm going to have in front of my kids? Like saying, well, I can't have gluten. Like I just really kind of freaked out about that for a little bit. Yeah. And quickly realized this is something that I have to do for my body to to take care of it, to feel physically better. Right. That is very different than how I've gone about things in the past. Mm -hmm. And then my middle son, Brett, um, he has had a lot of different things go on and um, has been dairy-free and then dairy-free and gluten-free as well. And now he's finally at a point that he can have both of those again. But it was navigating that space too with him using that language, knowing that I was removing two things from him and saying, well, you know, you can't have that. And that's hard. So if, especially if you're navigating with like food allergies or food intolerances, 
we came at it from a space of your body functions better Mm -hmm. when you don't have those foods. Yeah. Your body is kind of sick on the inside Mm -hmm. and we, and that's stuff that people don't see, but we see and you feel. Yeah. And so we need to, your body's talking to us. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to listen and we're going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And part of taking care of it is by removing those, those two things for now. Yeah. And then, um, we've been able to navigate and, and add those things back in, but I was so nervous mm-hmm. about that with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and about my kids witnessing it with me, um, as well being gluten-free, they know that mom's gluten-free because of Hashimoto's and I've, you know, tried to add gluten back in and it doesn't make me feel good. And it's all comes down to a feeling. So yeah, yeah. if I didn't notice a difference, if, if blood work didn't prove that it wasn't helping me personally, and that wasn't the answer for me, right. then I might make a different choice. But for me in my health journey, that has been something that I've had to navigate, mm-hmm. but I'm really thankful I'd done the work ahead of time because yeah. I do think it could send a lot of people into a tailspin if they're not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I went to therapy three years before having kids. So Um, and then it took 10 years for me to really hone in on exactly what I needed to do to make sure I was going to be okay. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think it'll always be a work in progress, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. Totally. If you've dealt with this stuff, I mean, I just don't think that you're ever like, yep, I'm arrived and I'll be fine for the rest of my life. Um, For sure. I'm like starting like early menopause, I think (laughs) like perimenopause stuff at Mm -hmm. 40, which, and it's, that's a whole new season as well. You know, Mm -hmm. that you're like, okay, yep. You know, my body's changing again and I got to give it grace and yep. I think that like coming to terms with some of those demons inside that we have let rule us for a long time can really help us in in the different seasons as our body changes and mm-hmm. it has different needs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and again especially as women, we go through so many seasons whether so it's many. pregnancy or postpartum or yeah, perimenopause or menopause or you know, a million other things or a diagnosis of some sort, you know, things come up and life happens. And again, just giving ourselves so much grace and having so much self-compassion along the way is absolutely essential to avoid those negative thoughts. And, you know, again, that vicious cycle of never getting out of the the dieting. Yep. I think it's just a constant question asking yourself, you know, as we do come across those things is how can I care for you now mm-hmm. in a non-judgmental way? Yeah, absolutely. So good. So good. Any thoughts or things that we missed or last little nuggets that you want to mention? I feel like we just touched on so many great things. (laughs) I think that the main thing that I think I'd like to leave with is just, I want everybody to know that if you're in a season that you're not happy with the way either your body looks or the way that you feel that change is possible without hatred Mm -hmm. and you don't have to hate yourself skinny. You don't have to hate yourself into healing. Um, you can do that from a really compassionate and loving place. And that doesn't mean that every day looks like that. And that every day you might have different needs and you might need to come at it a little differently, or maybe you're a part of your journey and something's not working anymore. And you need need to go back to the drawing board and ask yourself, okay, that, that stopped working or that doesn't make me feel good, or I'm not feeling any better in that way. So how can I show up differently or what needs to change, Mm -hmm. but do that without judgment just stay curious in your wellness journey and ask yourself, how can I take care of myself today? How can I love myself more today than I did yesterday? How can I continue to show up and honor my body and love and appreciate this gift? Because we only get one and I don't want to spend my entire life hating 
the one body that I'm given, mm-hmm. um, the body that's given me three kids and one in heaven. And yeah. I do not want anybody else to feel that way either. And so I think it's just coming to that place of um, compassion and grace and knowing that healing is possible and knowing that if you need help, that you are worthy of getting it. Mm-hmm. And don't tell yourself that you don't have time because the I think healing yourself will heal not just you, but it has the capacity to heal generations far beyond you. Mm-hmm. And so don't ever discount the time, energy, and honestly finances that it takes to heal yourself because you you just have no idea the impact that that will make for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. So, so good. Where can people find you, Amy, if they want to connect with you or listen to your show or you know send you a message or whatever? Tell us yeah. all the things, all the places. <laughs> okay. I have a blog. It's called loveyourbodywell.net. So you can reach me there. Uh, my podcast is the same, Love Your Body Well. And you can find me on Instagram at Love Your Body Well also. So, and I'd love awesome. to connect with you. So, perfect. And as always, I'll link everything in the show notes for you guys so you can easily find Amy. And I just so appreciate your time and your vulnerability and sharing everything that you shared today. And I think so many people will resonate with so many of the things that we touched on. And um, I hope so anyway. That is, <laughs> that is my hope that this will yeah. really, you know, find people that are at that maybe the cusp of like wanting to make some of those shifts that this will really, um, you know, hit them at the right time. (laughs) Um, so, you know, that's, that's our, our hope and our goal is to kind of get you all to a place where you also can love your body. Well, (laughs) yes. Thanks, Shanna. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some tips or wisdom that you can apply to boost your health and happiness starting today. If you did, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review to help other women like you find my show and get inspired to start living a life they love. Also, take a quick screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at wellness for the win so I can see why you love today's show. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.